The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He has that extraordinary talent to himself, except maybe one other guy. And I'll give you one guess, and if you get it, I'll be shocked. Matt Stafford. Okay, thank you. That was too easy. <laughs> <laughs> one for one. Bam. Eat yeah. that, Bill. You're not stumping this crew. You don't stump Paulie Burmeister. Nice. Yes, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? You doing all right? Yeah. I think this is the first time. I don't know how many shows we've done. Yeah. Both with a collar. Yeah. Got to be. It, it might be. I mean, yeah, you're usually like a hoodie or a T-shirt kind of guy. Same with you. Right. I yeah. am a lot of the time. Um, you're right. And I think, you know, sometimes when it's podcast days, I do – Think about, oh, let me dress a hair more casual even for PFT in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But today, yeah, I haven't broke. I'm going one out of the four days a week. Yeah. Going to wear blue khakis and a blue button down. Okay. So it's just about what day that kind of folds on and uh, lands on. Do you try on. and like change it up, or do, do you care if like, boy, I, I wore this, I wore this last. I week. do, I do, because when yes, I do. I try to like separate it, except for some of my button downs. Like I know, like my, some, of, I'm going to wear a blue button down once a week, pretty like much. Like today. Yes, today. I have like three or four of these, mm-hmm. and some of them have little different styles. Like some have a button here, a yep. different collar, or whatever else. So this is a little English collar here it today. Is. is that what yeah. they call that? An English collar? Yeah, so Keep that's what I'm that. going with. And then, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I like to wear the blue. Look at my sneaks today. Those LeBron soldiers. Are they new? They are new. Yes, <laughs> fresh out of the box. How many pairs? Um, I, total, I just bought like five or six new pairs. So you'll be seeing the break. I think I got about 20-something pairs. I don't, that's it? I, it is. It is it. I kind of, when I'm like done with them and they're worn out, I don't, and I'm not into like the old school Jordans, I'm done with all that. Mm-hmm. You know, those are has-beens, Okay. I'm on to LeBrons and Kyrie's and KD's, the people that are relevant now. What's worn out to you? Like you've, like you've worn them for two months? Well, it? no, no, no. I, I got some that I've had for a long time. I really keep track, like, care of them. Like, I'm the kind of guy that when I come home and if I see a smudge on it, I'm going to go over to the oh, kitchen man. sink and wipe it off. Yeah, I am that kind of guy. I'm not wasteful. I am pro-environment. You know me. So, mm-hmm. yes, I do try to do that. And now you, I love this shirt. It's the great flannel, flannel. The on a cold American day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's very John McDonald. I wore, guy I wore it here. in honor of him. Good. He's, he's had it on a couple of times. Yes. Now, granted, he wears it in the summer. He wears it when it's when 90. It's 100. Yeah. Now, yeah. now he doesn't want to wear it for summer. I walked out. I walked out last night after NHL Live, and right. all of a sudden it was winter. Yeah. The night before, I'm at my kids' games. You got the even, air conditioning. Didn't on. even need a jacket. I know. I walk out last night and I'm like. Holy shit. Sometime I, in the last 24 hours, it became winter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, flannel. Yeah. yeah. Global warming thing might be real after all. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Let's get it after. Let's get after it. We got some good shit today, all right? Of course, we got what the fuck happened. That's what we do on Wednesdays. We're going to hit a number of different things. Steelers, Rams, Packers, Panthers, Vikings, Cowboys, Seahawks, 49ers, game of the year. 
few plays from the Raiders Chargers um, and the Jets and Giants, okay? We're not going to do Dolphins Colts, just saying that out loud right now. So Pete D knows in the back. I didn't look at the play. I don't know, and we're not yes. going there. I can't watch everything. So mm-hmm. we're just being transparent. And then we'll have a We'll do it live like we did last week. It's we started new. a new thing. Yeah. I like it, too. Just came out of nowhere. And I have no idea. I know you guys have talked about the play. I've I seen don't it. know. Yep. All right, yep. cool. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes. Uh, Dad is in New York. I think we're going to get him in about 30 to 35 minutes. The big fucker will be available probably on the cell phone. So without further ado, without any more BS, unless you want to BS about something else. Are you Could. Good? Yeah. We should probably get into the football. Yeah, let's get into yeah. it. I mean, our podcasts are long enough as it is anyway, so let's, let's just dive in. Always over an hour. Yes. We, t- we talked about this one a little bit. Uh, th- this game had a lot of questions. Yeah. Steelers and the Rams. Uh, Steelers 17, Rams 12. We talked about the fact on Monday that the Rams didn't score a touchdown. Yes. Okay, that's obvious. Yes. Let's get into that a little bit more as we figure out what happened. Sure. Jared Goff's three turnovers. Right. What happened there? Why three? Okay, so three. First off, under pressure. I mean, I, you know, I started off the game and watching it on film, and the first, like, quarter and a half, I wrote, protection's actually not that bad. It's not as bad as I remembered on TV. And literally as I wrote it down, it was like the next plays, the next, like, five times he dropped back, like the dam started to break. And I, I literally wrote that in my notes. Like, as I'm writing this, they're starting to, like, knock over the Rams' offensive line. The Rams' offensive line's not good. You know, Jason Whitworth is there in the years where it's coming to an end. And it was a preseason worry for you as well. It was. It definitely was. That didn't sneak up on you. No, it did not. And having seen now, uh, he struggled. And, of course, he's hurt. But to start with the turnover conversation in general, okay, the first thing is, you know, with the Javon Hargrave. He gets the sack fumble. Minka Fitzpatrick picks it up, runs for a touchdown. It was just a simple, I don't want to say a simple, but a stunt between mm-hmm. the tackle and the defense end, right? And basically what they did is, you know, the defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave, he runs and hits the inside shoulder of the offensive tackle while I believe it was T.J. Watt on that one looping underneath him. But because they're not really expecting it and they're caught off guard by it a little bit, why, I don't know, Hargrave just knocks into Havenstein and Havenstein gets knocked to the side and then there he goes and he hits Jared Goff, which still I think was very questionable whether that was a fumble. Mm. I I mean – for me, on film, it looked like the arm started to go forward. But it's one of those things now where ever since the, the what was it, golf in the Rams game where the play got blown dead right. uh, earlier in the year, the Saints, sorry, the Saints. yeah, Rams-Saints, now the refs let it go every time. And once it's called on the field and if it's super close, it's always, well, there's not enough to overturn it. There's, you know, there's nothing clear and obvious, right? right. So uh, there's that. Then let's get into the two interceptions real quick. The two interceptions, the first one, they're kind of running like post route, wheel route, right? That's all they're doing. And then there's a guy out in the flat. So they're kind of doing like a three on three. Who's running the wheel behind the The wheel post. route is the it's a tight end here, okay. I believe, yes. And I'm not even exactly sure about that. So but I'm pretty sure it is the tight end. Okay. It's um uh uh, um, it's not a back, though. It, it's it, not a back. Okay. No, it's it's That's a, it's a tight end receiver to Got the it. right. The back is offset to that side as well. This is almost what we would call a Seattle beater play. They're trying to take advantage of a three deep zone and hoping that outside corner kind of goes with the post and like forgets like, oh wait, I'm in zone, and then all of a sudden a wheel comes behind it and it's right there. 
one of those game plan plays. It's mm -hmm. a game plan play. These aren't staples of your offense. This is something that McVay saw. And I bet you it was open all week in practice. You know, that's what happens sometimes. Well, hey, the Steelers got players. And Joe Hayden, this ain't his first rodeo. Right. He never really, he kind of takes a step with the post route but never really goes with it and falls off perfectly. And Goff just stares down the wheel route and interception, as easy as it gets. Joe Hayden, bam, he gets that. Now, the other interception at the end of the game, all right, when you just discussed that. You know, th this is part of a broader issue, I think, in general. I mean, we know there's pass protection problems. We know they're not running the ball as well. Their offensive line's not good, and, of course, now it's banged up. Uh, so all of those issues, let alone – Jared Goff has been spoiled in his Sean McVay era. And, and I don't like – I'm saying this because there's a lot of quarterbacks that get spoiled sometimes with great offensive callers. But I always call them silver platter completions where, man, he's dropped back so many times in the McVay area. It's just like, hey, there's a, there's a guy wide open, 20 yards. If it's you the can same just guy it. calling plays. Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy calling plays. But the offense needs to be reinvented. There's no doubt about that. But I think a thing I've seen from Jared Goff that's just disturbing to me – is the, um, okay, the pocket's breaking down, or okay, the guy's not open. I know you're used to it, but you, you got to do something else. You can't just sit there and pat the ball and go, I hope you get open, I hope you get open, I hope you get open. <laughs> like, at some point, you got to do something. The end of the game interception, you know, the guy at no point is really open. And I believe, again, it's Joe Hayden who tips the ball up into the air, and Minka Fitzpatrick gets the interception, but golf just hangs on it. Like, oh, somehow, magically, it's going to come open, mm. and it's not. And that's something I'm seeing weekly with Jared Goff so right does, now. So does, you say reinvented. I have questions about that. Yeah, it's hard please. to reinvent yes. in, in mid-November this it, point of the season. Exactly right. It is but hard. is it more the offense needs to be reinvented or tweaked or somewhere in there? Or Jared Goff needs to take that that next step within the exact same offense. Well, I think running. a little bit of both. Like, I mean, first off, if you're making $35 million a year, again, I don't sit here going like, oh, I'm coming in today to get Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do that. I'm right. very, I really pride myself on being fair. And I hope Jared Goff shits on me one day and just fucking goes on fire and carries teams. I right. really have nothing personal against him. But when you're making $35 million, just like we talk about with Ezekiel Elliott, you know, you're going to be paid like one of the highest, best players in all of football. Yeah. Okay. Then, yes, sorry, scrutiny is going to come along with it because you're taking up a huge chunk of the cap space because you're supposed to be really special. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see that. Now, I know he doesn't have help. And then into your reinventing conversation. Yeah. McVeigh. You know, they've always played through the run. The run has what made the Rams special the last two years in the Super Bowl run and the year before that when they won the NFC West and lost the wild card game. But you pointed out why why that can't yes. be anymore. Is no. it because Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's not the same and right. the offensive line's not the same. They're just not as good. Right. They're just you know it's a giant one two combo there of why it's not a working. A giant one two combo. Now so now you have those issues and then where I say McVay needs to reinvent himself is it's 11 personnel. I would bet you, and I don't even know this, I don't look at stats, I don't have a PFF membership, I don't mm -hmm. know. But I know I watch the Rams on film a lot. Mm -hmm. And I would bet you they lead the league in 11 personnel, which is one back, one tight end, three receivers. That's what they do. There's never a fullback. It's very rarely two tight ends. And to me, that is where McVay is going to have to change. He's going to have to change some personnel sets, one, because – Hey, as you know, when you play the same personnel set over yeah. and over and over, then teams start to go, okay, not only is it the same personnel set, so we can match our personnel with it mm -hmm. and mix and match in certain situations and downs and distances, but 
you know, an 11 personnel, there is a book of plays to go sure. to, and teams start to get a feel. Okay, these are their plays. you got to change up the personnel. One would be, that would be my big thing. And then this year specifically, they got to change everything. They just can't, it, it's got to be, okay, the drop back pass game is not going to be able to carry them. Hold on one yeah, second. Yeah, go ahead, say uh, it. Someone's yeah. paying attention in back, PFF, right. yeah. for this 11 personnel, right. has the Rams using it 79% of the time, okay. which is second most in the league. Second Number one, Cincinnati, oh, and they're still looking for that first one. Well, and Zach Taylor came from the Rams, so right. shocker. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. right? So, there, I, I, you know, again, I don't like keep track, but I watch a lot of damn football, and I got a pretty good feel for that kind of stuff. So, yes, that is – they're going to have to change with, one, the run game is, is not going to just magically take off at this point. Two, the pass protection is not going to magically get better. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to be able to just say, okay, the run game's not good. We'll just drop back and throw it every play. That's not going to work. They have to go into the the. They have to have a nine million screens. That's the first thing to substitute for the run game. That'll also slow down pass rushes, take away the pa aggressiveness. And I think if they could do it out of some different personnel sets, screens to the tight end, screens to the receiver, screens to the running backs. I know you've heard me say all this stuff before about other offenses, and then. They got to almost go like Minnesotaville with play action pass and boots. Right. Those would be those things. I would do it that way yep. and then go back to the run. Once teams are like, damn, it's screen here. Damn, it's screen Make there. Make the run secondary as opposed to leading with Right, the and I yeah. think that will give them a better chance to be successful in the run game too, just to make right. people think about different things off of it. That's a change you can make. And that's, yeah. I mean, this, this counts as constructive criticism. It's not just saying, I mean, saying the Rams should reinvent themselves is one thing. Going into why they need to change personnel yes. and need to change philosophy a yes. little bit, I think that's really good. Yeah. I have a question about the Steelers' defense okay. because we both know this narrative of Minka Fitzpatrick should be the defensive player of the year, and I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, he, he's earned it, but I would like to know more than just seeing the highlights. Oh, there he is again, another pick. Oh, right. he scored this week. Yeah, sure. I can look and see the Steelers are winning more now that he's there. Right. They have more disruptive plays. I right. can see all that. What is he doing specifically? What's he allowing them to do yeah. that they couldn't do before? Well, I think the big thing is, more than anything, he's got incredible instincts and feel for the game. Like, he really does. And this is something, if you go back to Alabama, Nick Saban was saying he's the greatest, most instinctive player I've ever, I've ever taught or anything. Mm -hmm. So he has a great feel of playing center field and, oh, the offense is trying to do this, or, oh, this is what they're doing and I'm reading the quarterback's eyes, or the quarterback's looking over here, but I've seen this formation. They're trying to go over there. Can you think of an example or two well, from I mean, that game? Yo, from the game itself, you know, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I can think of a ex specific example, but he's just around the ball a lot. Always, yeah. Always. Pass game, you know, a curl route. You know, the corner makes a tackle, but Mink is there too. Just to, like if he broke the tackle, he's going to make the tackle. You know, he's just got – he's always a step ahead of what the offense and quarterback's trying to do. Along with, like, even the run game, even as a free safety – he is he does have a presence in the run game because he can diagnose those plays so quickly and he's so instinctive that he's there as a free safety. A safety's there to save the day. There's a reason they're called a safety because if they run through the front seven, we need you to save us and make a tackle and not let it be a 70-yard gain and just a 12-yard gain. Mm -hmm. Well, he's very good at like, okay, it's the run. I saw it. I know this play. I've seen it. Okay, I'm going to come downhill a little bit. And not that he's like the eighth man in the box, but if the guy busts through the line of scrimmage for a seven-yard gain, he's there to make the tackle instead of it being a 20-yard gain or all of a sudden he's chasing him down the sidelines for a 40-yard gain. He's there to do that. So he's almost like a half of a body in the run game as well. And that's the big thing. The Steelers are a zone defense. They want to play zone 
almost all game. And he can, he's very smart, instinctive, and just has, I, I, I don't know how any other way to say, just has a really good feel for, for what's right. being done out on the field. What role did he play, uh, if any, yeah. uh, the, the way you saw it in Cooper Cup going from 220 yards the week before yes. to zero in this game? Yeah, well, I think it's more about just the team defense of because of the zone, Cooper Cups usually work in the middle of the field, things like that. There's always safeties dropping down in the middle of the field for coverage, like we talk about, whether it's three deeps and their safeties just looking for crossers. Their linebackers are good at looking for crossers. Uh, so that's the role. It was nothing he did specifically. They're a defense that at this point right now, they don't need to blitz a lot. Their front four can get it done by themselves. And they're always dropping people into the middle of the field to take away short crossers and things like that. You know, they're still running the Blitzburg defense to a degree, but, you know, it's, it's okay. It's a four-man rush, right? But two drop, drop out, and then all of a sudden two linebackers run. It's still a four-man rush, but those guys are looking for crossers and things like that. They're not going to let you get a lot of, like, cheap short completions right now within their offense with Bush and Vince Williams. I mean, uh, yeah, Devin Bush mm -hmm. and Vince Williams in the middle of the field, too, as a middle linebackers. Man, that's as fast as of a duo there is in the sport, too, to where they can jump all over that kind of stuff. All right, you ready to move to Lambeau Field? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Packers and the Panthers. We, we talked about this one on Monday, more in the sense of you know how much fun it was as a fan just to have that game with the snow and Lambeau on in late afternoon as it starts to turn into winter. I want to get into this last sequence, Yeah. the game-defining sequence. The Panthers had six shots in the final minute from inside the Green Bay 13. Yes. And I can start either way. If you want to talk to Panthers, though, that's fine. If you want to start Green Bay D, which one jumps out to you? And we'll, well take it from there. Let's go. Let's start with that Panthers O and just hit that like a little bit there at the end of the, you want to hit that part at the end of the game, right? And kind of what went down there? That that yes. what I call that game defining sequence. Yes. They had six chances yep. from inside the 13 yard line. Got you know, kind of a little bit closer and closer as as the seconds went on. Yep. Uh, but it's not very often you can talk about a team had six tries inside a final minute from that close yes and and did not get in no did not get in um you know the Packers did a good job of rallying tackling but I think where it gets like really interesting okay you get to the end of the game the fourth and one yeah the Packers you know caused the incomplete pass right mm -hmm. Preston Smith jumped off sides or lined up off sides right. he jumped off sides he jumped off sides so now you're going oh gosh you know here we go they got they got first and goal on the two they're in deep right. crap here to me where the first thing went wrong is Kyle Allen on the first play after that, he's got McCaffrey open in the flat for Which a touchdown. Play is this? On for the, the play before the last play. So this is first and two after the penalty. And um, I didn't he, think he had, I, I thought he yeah, didn't well, have him open. Okay, let's watch it together. I thought if McCaffrey would have broken inside, right. he was open. Yep, okay. I thought by breaking to the outside, they were not on the same page. Yep. And I didn't think he was open. All right. Let's let's route. let's let's watch it because this is what you and me are here to do. Okay. So let's see. Here we go. You know. So here he is. And again, I don't know if it's a true option route, but it's Greg Olson to the right as a tight end, McCaffrey offset to the right as well, right? And you're right. The middle of the field is open, but I think this is a true flat route all the way. I don't think this I'm is thinking an option of a different route. Play. Okay, that's I'm thinking okay. of a different play. Thinking about it a little earlier. Yeah. And I also, I also think he was not open here. Well, okay. We'll we'll, we'll get into that, and I'm going to dispute you on that one for okay. sure. But okay, so let's. You want to go back to another play? There was a few plays earlier. Is that what the one you're talking about? Maybe. Um, I'm I'm thinking of the second to last play. The second to last play. They had first and goal from the two. Yep. 
Okay, okay. we're going to get to it here in two seconds. Let me get there. There we go. It's third and ten. There we go. Third and one. All right. There's third and one. There's a play you just. Yep. Yep. Oh, you're right. I'm a play. I'm as a play ahead. Okay. So yeah. here we go. Third and one. Now it's fourth and one. We're going to get the offsides jump by Smith. Okay. There. There's that. Now we're going to get to first and goal from the two. Okay. There we go. Okay. Eight seconds left. Eight seconds left. Down eight. Down eight. Here we go. Now, the play is this. He's trying to make it look like it's an option route where he might go inside. But you can see he's doing the whirly bird spin. Okay. So let, let's let's yeah. stop it and yeah. just set it up a little more. They're in the middle of the field. Middle of the field. Two-yard line. There's three pass catchers to the left. Exactly right. DJ Moore split to the right by himself. And McCaffrey is about two yards to the right of Allen. Yes, you're right. Now, he's basically got a one-on-one -on -one situation with number 35. Uh, at the safety position. He's running it like I'm going to sit down in a little option route, but he's going to spin out of it and go into the flat. All right? Now, I, listen, right here, Paul, that's open. That, that, that's open right there. And it's going to be continue to be open. My issue with this play, and hold on, you can fight me back in two yep. seconds, okay? Yep. I'm going to go to the end zone copy here so you can really see it. Where is Kyle Allen going here? This is where the, the pocket is perfect. Right. He actually makes the pressure. So he floats into it. Just stay there. You got it. Correct. Just stand in there, and you're going to have to throw a rifle, uh, you know, into his front shoulder, and he's got him beat, and he's going to just get in the end zone. At least that's my eye to it. Yeah. Now, go ahead. I would like to – if you think I'm wrong, that's cool. I don't sit here and think I'm no. like the holy grail of I football. I think there's no, – I I think there's two ways of looking at it. Yeah. He was open to the outside. There. Right. You're right. Right. The throw is inaccurate because at the top of his drop, and when Christian McCaffrey got to the goal line, yes. and he had the choice, I think, to go either inside or outside. Yep. I think I think Allen saw it like I see it here, four, three or four days later, yes. from way up high, that the middle of the field was open. Yep. So he is setting his body, he's setting his feet, his mind, and his arm to throw an easy throw about six yards in front of him, right over the middle. Maybe. And so, and so he's so he's ready to do that. Right. That doesn't make it right. Sure. He's ready to make that throw, and when the throw now becomes a more precision throw that requires more velocity and more accuracy. 15 yards out, you know, outside. Yeah. His body is not ready for it. No, that. it is not. It is he, not ready for it either way. He became very rushed because he wasn't ready to make that throw. He definitely was not. Now, I just am going to fight you back on. First off, I don't think he has an option here. I don't think so because if he ran the option right, he would not do the whirly bird like this. I think they're trying to make it look like. Mm. Ooh, we are going to run the option route, but this is like a game plan, two-point conversion type play where they're trying to make you think he might do that. Now, 35 does a good job of not getting too, like, happy to go when he sees that right there to go, oh, I'm going to jump it inside and stop it off. He kind of sits, his, stands his ground mm -hmm. and reacts. I don't think it was an option route. If it is an option route to what your point is, then it's a bad route and bad job by McCaffrey. And then right. he deserves the blame to right. what you're saying. In, in the way you explain yeah. it, though, and the more I look at it, I mean, it... It's a game plan thing yeah. for the halfback because I don't think they would also let, like, run an option route with the tight end Olsen to the left side coming across the middle either. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. And, again, I could be wrong. But I'm going to – This John, puts it squarely on Kyle Allen and his footwork and rushed mechanics. He just – he, he just, didn't need to have him. That's, that's yeah. all I'm saying. And I again, was giving him an excuse because I thought he wanted him to go inside. And yeah. He didn't, he's like, oh, shit, I, I'm not ready to make this tough throw. Well, and, and, and you could be right. McCaffrey could have – 
fucked him here for, la for what the fuck happened. He might have fucked him and what the fuck happened. But go to the gym. Let's just do one thing. Right. Because that's where, like, if an option route, right, for a back, like, he's going to come out of the backfield and he can go a two-way go. So if he feels like, ooh, there's leverage on this side, he's going to go boom and go like that, and they're going to throw the ball. He, on this one, turns like this and then wheels out this way. To For me, that told me I think it was a one-player one for this right. game plan specific, like if we got down here and needed a two-point conversion type thing. Again, that part I of don't his know. route tells you that it wasn't an option. That's to me, that's Kyle Allen's footwork and right. rush mechanics made me think that he was waiting for him to go inside. I guess so. I don't know, and and, and you know we're never going to get that answer because McCaffrey's never going to tell on Kyle <laughs> Allen, and North Turner's never going to tell on Kyle Allen or anything like that. Right. Uh, but regardless. With with the route he ran and to what we're saying, if Kyle Allen just put his feet in the ground right. and just made a real convicted throw, yeah. he's going to get him and he's going to fall in the end zone as he's catching the ball for a touchdown. At right. least that's what I think of just looking at it. One of the things that I remember yeah. from uh, being with the Vikings in 95 for, for a few minutes, Brian Billick was the old coordinator then, and you'd always tell the quarterbacks right. when you have three or four different routes or an option where you don't know where your guy's going to go, yep. always set your feet for the toughest throw. Yes. You can always come off that tough throw and be falling away, falling down, and hit the guy right in front of you. But if you make your drop and have your body ready to make the easiest throw, and all of a sudden you got to make the tough one, you're screwed. You're screwed. And that's where my mind went when I watched I, that Well, one. I think that, that that's, first off, that's a very fair point. You're exactly right. Like, he should be setting up for the, oh, he might break out. Right. Because it's going to be easy just to go boom sure. and dump it over the middle, yeah. right? Like to what you're saying. So you're exactly right. Like I, John Gruden used to say that to me at times too. You know, set, you're right. Set up for the hard throw. Mm -hmm. You can always kind of just find a way to finagle the whatever throw over the middle. You can just yeah. wrist it, hand it, whatever it may be. You can throw a left-handed to a guy, for, you know, yes. or right-handed. I mean, right-handed for me, yeah. yes. All right, so there's that play. How, now, about the, how about running on fourth down? All right, so here we go. Now it's, the, it's, it's second down, the last play of the game, but yeah. the last play of the game. Last play second of the game. and yeah. two. This is fascinating. Now, they're coming up. I mean, here, let's watch it together again. They're coming up to the line of scrimmage. Green Bay's not even, they're talking to each other. They're not even set. Look right. at this. Look at the nose tackle. He's talking as the ball's getting snapped. Kenny Clark's not even ready. You would think this is advantage offense in mm -hmm. this instance, right? It actually ends up fucking the Carolina Panthers and especially the left guard, 73. Because as the ball's being snapped, and Kyle Allen sees they're not ready, so he wants to snap it. He's kind of hurrying them along, like, come on, snap it, let's go. And, but the guard, he doesn't know what's going on, and he doesn't know who to block. And just as the ball snapped, Kyle Fackrell, who was out over the, the, the other tackle, the yeah. right, is now coming over to the left guard and gets there as the ball snapped. And he kind of gets the edge of 73, which I want to say is Van, uh, Van Rotten. Uh, man, I'm choking on my names today. Um, <laughs> but either way, that to me is fascinating. And this, I was always aware of this. Yeah. Like, as a quarterback, again, I, maybe some plays like a toss sweep where you're going to crack everybody down. If I felt like, ooh, they're not ready, let's go, set hut, because yeah. you just like everybody's just going to build a wall and block down, and I'm going to toss it outside. Yeah. With these type of plays, in my experience in history, you're better off letting the defense line up. Let the defense line up. Let the offense line settle into the ground and go, okay, right. this is what i got to do here. Let's make our call and make sure we get this figured out. And 
I think a left guard here who's going, you know, it's set hut. He's going, I got nobody in front of me to block. And all of a sudden, Kyle Fackrell shows up. Yeah. And There's some real confusion on the offensive line. Real there. confusion yeah. on the offensive line there. I'll tell you what else yeah. I, I saw yeah. in that one. Right. In the previous five plays, right. and again, this is in the final minute from the 13, from the plus 13 in. Yep. They didn't rush more than four people ever. No. This is the first play on that in, in these plays we're talking about where the defense brought five. One extra. One extra. First guy. time. Yes. So in the other situations, in the previous five plays, had they run right up the middle against four rushers. It's got a damn good chance to make it. Probably. So there was an element of bad luck, not just with the confusion on the offensive line, but this was the only time they brought the linebacker. Yeah, it, it was. And the linebacker was the guy who made the hit. Linebacker's the guy that makes the hit. I mean, he 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 just get he really gets lucky by getting over there late. He gets on the edge of the guard and he he kind of comes up after the guard kind of brushes off him and looks up and he goes, oh, my gosh, he's running. Look, he doesn't even – he can't even form up the tackle. Look, he's – Thackrell's almost off balance. He hits him with the side of his body. Right. Because he's not even, like, there. And then, really, what also saves it is big Preston Smith. He does a great job of tracking down the line of scrimmage and tackling him, and that's game over. It's a shame for Carolina. I would say Carolina outplayed Green Bay as a, as a right. whole in the game. Right. You know, they really did. They blew some opportunities, whether it was Kyle Allen's interception in the end zone. We talked about on Monday the fumbled snap at midfield. Um, and really, you know, you know, Carolina's defense just – it's good. It's just not as great as we've seen in years past. Right. And I think Green Bay's defense uh, – to me, this is a blueprint. Yeah. And I'm thinking of it – you know, we always look at it the same way. Like, what would I run in this situation – in dropping seven in the key points of that drive yes. and playing some kind of zone or matchup right. zone, you make it so hard on an offense. You, you help them as you get closer to the goal line if you play man. And I think a huge part of Green Bay stepping up and getting that done at the end, they stayed true to dropping yeah, seven dropping or eight yes. most of the time there. Yes, they and did. And keeping everything in front of them. They definitely did. And, it, and Carolina's offense didn't have something to beat that in that situation. No, they did not. And, you know, I mean, hey, it was tough situations. It's, it's snowing. Kyle Allen played better than I even gave him credit for on the, on the Monday podcast. There's a lot of things to like about what Carolina did. He's showing he knows how to play the game. I think the, the – uh, the other thing, you know, just to hit on – I mean, I'm concerned about Green Bay's defense regardless. Throughout the whole game mm – -hmm. There's just too many people open. I don't know what any of Too many people unaccounted for. He's throwing shallow crosses to Greg Olson, and there's nobody within 20 yards of him. You're like, what? Well, I mean, it's Greg Olson. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just too many, like, the play's over, and the Green Bay secondary is looking at each other going, wait, well, who's got him? Or we got crossed up. Weren't you supposed to take him as he crossed? Uh, there's too much of that in Green Bay right now. I think they might have to simplify it a little in the back end a little bit when they go uh, like to zone coverages and things like that. But between that and then, you know, the same theme, the, the lack of interior defensive talent for their defense in general is an issue. And that's why Carolina was able to, you know, what did they? how many yards did Carolina have total? They had uh, 401 tar total yards of offense. Um, Last thing to hit on, just love the Packers' offensive attack in the game. They kind of got back to what they've been doing all year long. Run the ball, downhill, Aaron Jones, who kind of just pedaled to the metal as soon as he goes downhill. He's got incredible vision. So they really, their most successful runs, Paul, were kind of just like, let's go downhill man-to-man. -man. They got pretty good offensive linemen. They're pretty good athletes. They stay on blocks, and they just let him weave through. And he's very good at it. Yeah. And then, of course, off of that is Rodgers play action passes. And when we talked on Monday, you, you weren't wild about how Aaron did. He was, better than I, uh, he was better than I thought. Because a few of the plays on Monday where I thought on TV it looked like people were open down mm -hmm. the middle. On those plays, 
he he's going to get sack fumbled or he's going to he's going to get hit and not be able to get the ball there in time like you know, I don't know who was I to think to question Aaron Rodgers what was I doing <laughs> It's fair to do But no but yeah. yeah I did you know that's why you watch the film I mean that two quarterbacks Kyle Allen and Rodgers I think played better than I gave them credit for watching the game on TV and that's what's the great thing about film in general All right from oh. All right we got the big effort here Yep Hey dad what's up man Oh man we're Daniel and I are having a nice time trying to get out of New York City and oh, good luck trying to get home. And, you know, it's just a joy to go to the city. And, yeah. And, this, hey, it's like it's worse than football. <laughs> if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Definitely. And it does go wrong. Definitely. So we all know that, and that's the way it is. So Where are you right now? Henry Hudson Parkway? Today. What's that? Are you on the Henry Hudson Parkway right now? No, we just cleared. We came out of the Holland Tunnel just a few seconds ago. Oh, so. yeah, yep, okay, yep. So you're screwed. you yeah, got a long uh, way home before you get home. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks for the uh, – thank you. Thank you for the vote of confidence, yeah. Just, you, we'll just so help you were him talking by. about Aaron Rodgers. You said something, Paul, that that was – one, let me say this. Your your phrase that you use, F it up, it's called muck it up. Muck okay. it, yeah. Muck well, it that that I need muck to just I, if I say muck it up, the wrong word might squeak out of my mouth. So I need to just say f. My the God, play you up. don't have enough confidence in yourself to say muck it up. Not always, because <laughs> because I talk too much, and sometimes the words like that can squeak out of my mouth. All right, and here's the other thing that you said that is so true that you're at the mercy always. And Paul, you know this too. You're an ex-player, and everything you follow it, but people believe. You know, what they read, what they hear, and then what they see on TV. And TV, when you're talking about a lot of a lot of players, uh, TV lies too. Yes. And you, I heard you talking about Aaron Rodgers, and I, I just remember traveling before this age of technology, and we would watch the tapes of the games at the team's facility on Friday at the practice. Right. And Greg Gumbel would sit there, poor Greg Gumbel, and go, oh, my God, how long are we going to watch? But he would watch, and we would be talking, and he goes, this does not resemble what I watched on TV. And I said, yeah, that's why we got to do it, because, see, now you have a whole different perception right. uh, of what went on in the game, except what you just they, just, they decide to show you or what they talked about. Yeah. So that, that's the good stuff to tell the people. No, it definitely is. Um, all right, so, I mean, again, we didn't talk about anything, but I would love to just do anything you want to riff about in general. Uh, about the games of the week, especially Cowboys, Vikings, 49ers, Seahawks. Uh, Cowboys, Vikings, let me go through that first. Yes. My first thought is you probably already hit it. We have I it. thought it was a brilliant game plan by Mike Zimmer. Yep. And, you know, you can't – look, you can't be uh, a genius of, of everything. So he says, you know what, we'll just stop the run. Right. Let's do that. Corners, I'm sorry, we're paying you money. Good luck. Yeah, that's, and that's right. what it did, so it, it took it away from them. And all you do, you know what I like about that plan? It's yeah. just this. Sooner or later, it's third and five, third and eight, whatever, make the play. Yeah. What a, that's just you, you get them in third down if you stop the run, you're going to have chances to get off the field. Dak really played extremely well and all that. But I did love the game plan that Mike Zimmer had. And he did not chicken out and bail out of it. And he stayed with it till the end. 
and it won him the game. Yeah, it did. You're right. I mean, yeah, to what you're saying is he went and he, he made them one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of going, yeah. oh, we're going to try to take a little of this from the pass game and a little of this from the run game. When you do that, you take away nothing. And all of a sudden you look up and you go, damn, they're gashing us every which way possible. Right. So he put all his eggs into what Dad's saying and stopped the run with Ezekiel Elliott. And, yeah, we're going to get burned on the outside a little bit here and there. But to Just what – tackle. Yeah, but tackle, and when it came down to, you know, some of the last plays of the game, too, I'm going to get that into a little bit. A little bit. He right. did do some different things on the defensive side of the ball. That's the one thing I'll give Minnesota and Zimmer credit. I do think he's changing it up a little bit this year. A few curveballs yep. here and there in every yep. game, which is different than what he's done. And, you know, that's my complaint with the what Cowboys. What's different about this one? Well, he just – He's not afraid to maybe double a guy every now and then or get into a two-deep zone that he usually would never do because he'll play single safety zones and man all the time. I think those are the things that jump out to me. Anything there that you, you think, Dad? No, I think that's right. Even some of the fronts and looks and the fake blitzes and even the blitzes themselves, they look new to me. Uh, I did not watch the game on tape yet. I will because we're going to talk about Minnesota a lot this week. I think the way they played, uh, this past week gives me much more confidence in them going forward because they they can do either formula, you know. So they could say, we're going to stop the pass and then try to hold up against the run, or they can do what they did down there against Dallas. Right. So some teams don't have that option. Yeah, Green I... Bay does not really have that option. No. They, you know, they can do what they want. You know what? When you don't have enough big people, then you don't have enough big people. Yeah. So it's hard to say, oh, we're going to stop the run. Well, that doesn't work unless you have that group of guys that can just stand in there and and do what they did against Ezekiel Elliott. And it, uh, you know, many other things to talk about that game. I, I'm really curious, just a real quick thought from you guys. What at the end of the game, what would you say about Jason Garrett? Not Jason Garrett, but the fact that they, they got caught. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I okay. played in a many of games. And I've done broadcasts many. I said it's there's two agendas here, and you got to do them both. You got to score and you got to get rid of the game. Right. And you know that. Yes. And so it's been a lot of criticism thrown at the Cowboys and Kyle Shanahan. Yes. Uh, the other night, same right, right. thing. You know, you got to go. We want to win, but let's don't lose. Right. And um, I, I thought they made. When I was watching the game, I just went, "Oh my gosh." They might not take any time off the clock, especially at the second down throw. Well, and, uh, well, of course, it, it worked out for the Seattle Seahawks. We're talking about right. Dallas, Minnesota. Dallas, right? Minnesota. You yeah. want to, you want, you, Dad? You want to do this because we're gonna, you know, I'm doing well. You know what the fuck happened here, and we're about to get yeah, in go ahead. the last four plays of the Dallas game. Right. Okay, and okay. what what happened there? So I'll kind of throw out what happened. All right. Yeah. It's first and 10. Yep. Yep. It's first and 10, 157 in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. First play they do is double slant to the right side. Yep. He throws it to Amari Cooper for Perfect. an eight-yard gain. Yep. Right. If he throws it to him in stride, first off, and Dad, I'm just going to throw this, you know, and you've heard me say this too, Dak has gotten into a little bit of the lock the front leg over the top motion a little the last few weeks again that I don't love from him. He made him go down and well, get he, it. He made him go always, down and get it. Yeah. That's the way he threw in college. It always kind of rears itself as a pro, and it's really, yes, really over the top, which means you're going to do one of two things, either pull it low or throw it high. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he can really straighten that leg, left leg out. It's a, it's, 
Hey, I heard you talk about him. I mean, physically, he's just so big and strong, he could overcome yes. uh, some defects. But go ahead. Exactly right. All right, so he so makes second that. and two. Now it's second and two. And they basically, they're in shotgun, and they run inside zone. That's all there is to it. Yeah. But, right. and, and to what Dad's saying here, they're trying to play the game of we want to score yeah. and not let them have time to go down and kick a field goal to tie the football game. They want to win 31-28 and leave – 20 seconds left on the clock. Such a silly game to play. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it I is, think. you think it's a silly second game to play. Two, you don't get to two, pick. You run the ball. Okay. Yeah. Well, you you, run the ball. you're the you Dallas Cowboys. The they got $90 million into their offensive line, and they got Zeke Elliott. They, I got no problem with them running the ball because they think their offensive line is great. Right. Because even though Zeke wasn't producing that game, they still think he's the best thing they can do. Right. That's great. Lean on them, which they did for their final three plays, and it didn't work. Yeah. But don't do it because you're getting caught up in the well. If we score too soon, you don't get to pick that game. Well, I, I don't. I don't totally agree with you there. I don't Boy. think like I don't think the New England. I think the New England against Patriots, that defense, you get you, you're playing well enough. You think we're like, let's score this way. Let's take longer. Let's not keep throwing the ball. Because our top three receivers have over 300 yards receiving. Right, okay. And our number one running back is averaging about two and a half yards per touch. Let's just score with the way the offense has been working for us. Let's not worry about the well, time. Well, it's a good argument. It's a good argument, it is. Paul. Yep. But the fact is, it's second and two. And, and again, so that, that's, to it, me, it's fine to run the ball let's there. Let's throw it. You know, so it's second and two. Okay. So, okay, they're stopping us. So they stop us for a yard and a half. Yeah. We still got now we got two more runs if we want whatever. Right. So the, the second down one I think is hard to argue. Now the third down one. All right, and just different. let me just hit. Let me just let me hit this. Well, the second down too. The, let me just hit on this. They're running inside zone. Here's my real problem with yeah. the run in general. Yeah. They're outnumbered. They're in shotgun. It's five offensive linemen. There's no tight end attached to the formation. Right. And there's six people in the box. Did you see the reaction of the center afterward? Because he's going, what the hell do I do here? As soon here? as he gets thrown for a loss. Right. He looks over at the sideline. and screams at the sideline. He does. He looks at the sideline because he goes. the exact same feeling you did. Well, oh, yeah. my gosh, that's great. Well, because he's going, wait, you're trying to ask me to get to the second level here. And I, this is not he possible. Had no I can't do it here. He had a so, guy right across his face. Exactly yeah. right. So that would be my issue now, with the way, run. When you say that, Travis Frederick, the center. Yes, right. Yep. Who I love. Right. Right. He, he, do you see this on tape or on the TV? No, on tape. Yeah, this is all I, tape. I, I saw oh, it on the TV, oh, Phil, because it. it was closer. The actual, the actual right. tape from up top, it's a little bit hard to see that. But you can see, uh, Phil, if you go back and watch, as soon as Zeke Elliott gets thrown for a loss, Frederick is walking toward the sideline, pissed off, screaming. And if you watch the front, what Chris just said, <laughs> yeah. it's obvious why. Right. He was yelling some version of don't call that play. Yeah, well, it's just too it's too tough. Awesome. It's too tough of an ask. You know, right. he'll probably yeah. get a bad grade from PFF, but yeah. my problem would be that should be a bad grade on the offensive play call or whatever. Right. To ask a guy that's just not realistic to do make the block. Right. Now, let's right. get into third and two. All right. They ran outside zone again. Now they're gonna run outside zone with an RPO. They got the RPO on the other side where they got double slant. So here right. he is on third and two. This is the play I was talking about. Right. Where Frederick was yelling. Well, they, they, this one, this is the third and two. He yells in the second and two, one, two, I think. 
Th this uh, is the one I'm referring okay, to. Okay, so you're talking about third and two. But either way, so again, it's the same formation, Dad. It's shotgun. It's no tight end attached. There's six men in the box because to what Dad said, Minnesota was going to play, you're not going to run on us the whole game. That's right. what they did. Mm -hmm. He's got one-on-one -on -one outside with Amari Cooper on Michael Hughes, who's kicked his ass the whole game. And he's open right. again for a touchdown or at least down wow. to the two or one yard line. Mm -hmm. But he hands the ball off and they're asking Travis Frederick to reach a really wide three technique to his left, Dad. The defensive tackle oh. is on the outside edge of the guard's shoulder, the left guard's shoulder, and he can't get there. Watch his reaction so, afterwards. So now, you know, 95, uh, who I'm going to blank on his, his name, uh, on his name, he, he, he's in the backfield and it's a three-yard loss. So my big thing here, just more than less, is you, if you're going to have an RPO and there's, mm -hmm. you're outnumbered in the box, you, you throw to your best player here, which is Amari Cooper, who's won the one-on-one -on -one so all sure game long. So you're sure it's an RPO. Definitely. You're sure it's an RPO. Definitely. The backside, yeah. the backside of the line, Zach Martin and Lyle Collins are running like pass protection, cut. He's cutting because in case he wants to throw the slant, he can't knock it gotcha. down, right? I don't know. All right. Well, I don't know if he had the option the, to keep it. You don't think he had? No, RPO, to pass. To he, pass, right. Yeah. Well, they're running routes. They're not blocking. Look, it's slant and it's slant. They're not doing it just to go, oh, whatever. If they were going to block, they oh, would have yeah, blocked no, like it, the other it, side. It, the, way, mm -hmm. the way he's the, you're describing it, it's definitely an RPO. Okay. So that, to it's, me, yeah. I think is an RPO. But now they get into – the fourth and five, and it's empty formation, and Dallas has Ezekiel Elliott in the slot. Yep. Right. I saw it. Right. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Eric, Eric Kendricks is clearly playing man-to-man -man And clearly inside. Right. Now, I right. would say this for any, and I think Dad will back me up here, with any time there's an offense in shotgun empty formation yep. and the back is in the slot, he's going to run two routes. Of course. It's an inside slant. Or it's a five-yard out route. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. They're not going to send them on a corner route or, you know, hey, we're going to run a seam route 40 yards down the field with Ezekiel Elliott. Right. No, it's one of those two. And Eric Hendricks is smart. He's been coached well. I'm sure they told yeah. him, play inside here. Okay. And the other thing where I'm going to give Mike, Mike Zimmer a lot of credit is, look what he does here, Paul. He, he, they, they double Amari Cooper on this play. So they weren't going to be beat by Amari Cooper. Look at the safety. 41, yep. he goes over there, and they're going, nope, Amari Cooper's not getting the ball here. Wow. They run F angle on the front side, Dad, basically, yep. right? So he can throw the slot slant here to Cobb if he wants. What's F angle? F angle is – an old Norv Turner p play. Yeah, where, Norv Turner. Uh, right. Who was the tight end? Uh, Jason Witten. I mean, uh, Novacek. Novacek. No. Jay Novacek, yes. Right. They, they created that play, yes. So they basically run like – it's like a slant route, uh, you know, from the slot. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's really all it is. Right. It's the tight end inside runs the shallow cross. The next guy runs a slant that kind of follows the shallow cross. Dallas, this is a staple of their offense from the whole Jason Garrett era. Okay. Um, I would have liked to see him throw in the Randall Cobb, uh, but he he's probably not sure. And I think he's seen Ezekiel Elliott one on one, and he's just going to try to play it. And Eric, it's, it's not a bad read at all. It's you not have, a bad. You read. have your running back on a linebacker. And yes, you take that. Yeah, I, I get it. You you can take it. Well, when you run plays like that, you really have to look at it, predetermined, and you don't. It's not like he has. Oh, I'll look at him if he's not there. Turn no it. Right. 
Yeah. It's all, you, you gotta, yeah, you live and die with the decision you make. Yep. And that's interesting. The F angle, you say it's open. It is open. Yes, it is. Now, now yeah. maybe this, maybe the safety confuses him a little bit over there. Uh, as far as where he's running, because he's running way outside to stop Amari Cooper. But I don't know, Paul, you be my second set of eyes here. Do you, I mean, do you see this as being open right there? Yeah, but he didn't yeah. really even look at him. He didn't. Yes, he, he's open. He is open. Yeah. No. He came off him right away. Yeah, he did. He peeks well, over there. I don't know what he's peeking at, but he does for he, a split second. Split as second. soon as he got the shotgun snap, Bill, he, he peeked, but he, well, he didn't he stay worried with about it. a blitz coming he, off the edge? Maybe. maybe he could have been Anthony Barr is over Jason Witten, so where he might be looking yep. at him to what you're saying, Dad, exactly, where he's just yep. checking to see. Yep. Um, Kendrick's well, you know what it tells me? I'm just thinking from all this. All I right. can't wait to watch it because I will steal it and talk about it. <laughs> Good. Uh, but, but I'll get to watch it first and everything. But all that what you just said in a short period of time really just gives you a little more, gives me more confidence in the Vikings uh, about their defense and about Mike Zimmer. And, you know, it's just, it's, you know, if you're not evolving the old thing, then mm-hmm. you're you got no chance. Yeah, you got to right. keep you got to keep changing. If you're and, staying you the know, same, you're getting you worse. You're, you're, yeah, that's right. You don't make changes in personnel or the thoughts of your teaching and what you want to run. It's constantly evolving, and every year, what your core plays is one year that works. And Christopher Paul, you know it too. The following year, you go, "Wow, these plays stink!" <laughs> right, and you got to find that new five plays that you can call upon that man when it's tight we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to what we do right and uh so yeah, yeah. i've heard would... you talk about a lot just talking about uh sean mcbay yes. and all that it's all so true and the league last year you know i don't know the numbers and i don't care i'm gonna trust my eyes the speed sweeps you know as they they handed the guy coming by yeah. this and all that it was destroying the league last year with speed sweeps, screens off of it, and all the things that you talk about. Everybody was doing it, and it's not quite working as no, well this year. You're right. It, because it, yeah. we, have, we have guys on the other side now that see so much and know so much. They're smart, and they're more talented than ever. Mm-hmm. And as the year goes along, the defense starts to win more and more, right. And uh, in my eyes. and. Mm-hmm. It, it happened then, boy. And it sure happened on what was that Monday night? Yeah, Forty Niners in Seattle. Right. We're just seeing defenses really on top yeah. of a lot of stuff. So it's that the ending that Cowboy game that is really really awesome. And the one play, the outside zone one, is the one that you just got to go. Okay, that is the one you point to that. That lost them the game. Yeah, probably the third Which and two. One? The third and two the you're talking two. about, where Travis Frederick looks back at the sidelines like, "What the hell you want me to doing? do here? Yeah, exactly. This is not yeah. fair." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That loses the game. All yeah. right, Dad, I want to do this with you. Here we go. All right, just one one thing, and I'll let you go. All right. Three teams. All right. No, I want I want you to take out of Indianapolis, Oakland, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. If you had to take those four teams to make the playoffs, which one do you like the most out of those four? Colts, Raiders, okay. Steelers, Bills. Boy, it's tough. It's tough. But, uh, you know, my thought right now is the Steelers. Okay. You got belief in you that You know, the defense. Buffalo Bills, real quick, buff, yeah, their defense is really just, man, they're flying, they're hitting. 
It's aggressive. They're big. I mean, they got multiple guys that can sack the quarterback. Minka Fitzpatrick is, you know, turned out to be one of the greatest acquisitions during the season. And like Amari Cooper last year, but the bills worry me. Their offense is too stagnant. Yeah. And you know, they're another one. Just Nick Chubb, just, just got every tough yard there was last week. Right. And, you know, I worry about their run defense. Yeah. And it's not big. It can wear down. Yep. And uh, it shows the Colts, um, you know, a little concerned there too. You know, this keep expecting the offensive line. Oh, it's just going to dominate, dominate. Well, that'll win it for them. And that's not been the case for the last couple of weeks either. No. And and yeah. So and then yeah. And then of course, dang. T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, nobody seems to ever play wide receiver for the right. Colts. That, that, that bothers me, too. Yeah, right. And Devin Funches, so, he's another one. He hasn't been out there. So, you're right. They don't seem it, to it, ever have that guy, those guys. I know. I know. Yeah, uh, and, then, and I watched it. Yes, they probably – well, you know, I can uh, – it's not against Brian Hoyer. They're going to win that game if Jacoby Brissett was healthy. Right. But, you know, that's the way it goes. You know, the, everybody in the league is winning – I don't know how many teams they're winning with their backup quarterback and all that. And it, it didn't work for the Colts in this game, but I'll say this Miami. I'm got great respect for what they've done the last four weeks. Yeah. Where they really truly kind of out hit the team they played. Right. They out hit the Buffalo bill. Yeah. Up there. And I'm not going to say they out hit the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's kind of almost impossible to do, yeah. but <laughs> They hung in there for a long time with them. I know that. They so. did. They did. And you know what I noticed, too, Paul? Watching hmm. them close this week. I watched their game because I, I thought I was going to do something on the Steelers. So, so on Monday, I like to try to get ahead. And um, I, I noticed, I go, oh, I like this guy. I, I like the Wilkins kid from Clemson. I got real. I just I watched more of their players and go, you know, they got a few more cornerstones than we think down there. And it's, it's, you know. Yeah, they need to draft and it's free agents and all that. But they they got a group of solid players and I say, well, they're every bit they got just as good a starting kit. I know they're gonna look for a quarterback and all that. And the Bengals, maybe the Jets, yeah. the Giants. Right. You know. I, I, I really mean that. They're they're what's the difference between all the teams I just put out there? Uh nothing. No, you're right. The, nothing. The Bing the Bengals I mean the Bengals. Well, the Bengals are the worst of all of them. <laughs> yes, they uh, are. There's no doubt about that. But Miami, oh, tank for Tua. How's that working out, everybody? <laughs> yeah. Pros don't tank. Right? They, I know. They're playing crazy. hard, so. Well, I, really always go back to the, I always go back to the story you said about Bill Parcells the year, you know, with the Jets. And he, you know, what did he tell you? That they're going to put this on my gravestone. And they, what did they do? And he goes, what? They were one and seven, I think, right. and they ended up eight and eight. And I said, "Boy, Bill, this thing goes." Hey, Sims, that record's going on my tombstone. <laughs> and, I just, and and I go, "That's a good one." And he goes, "So that's why." He goes, "Hell, coach, you when you're losing, you coach harder, right? Because you can't erase that, and and it always stays with the writers, the the talkers, and the public. That record, always coaching record, is this. Yes, you know, so it. it no matter what, you know, especially when you take over teams that are horrendous and you throw up two really bad years, man, you got to knock out about four years in a row to get back to 500. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, but the Dolphins really, a lot, a lot of credit to them, discipline, and they that, that, that was actually a fun game to watch between them and the Indianapolis Colts. So, 
Phil, you at home in your parking lot yet? Make it home yet? No, we're still we're going down the highway here. We're we're gaining ground. Okay, good. Yeah, it's all it's all good. So it's good to talk to you guys. You too, Phil. Paul, when you get a chance, uh, muck it up, son. Okay. Okay. Muck it up. All right, Dad. It's a it's a phrase in football that's used all the time. I'll kick him under the table. You taught me the phrase "fuck it up," so I just uh, sorry. I just (laughs) that's the one stuck in my head. No, (laughs) no, no. But I never said that. No, no, no. People are thinking I'm some father sitting at the dinner table going, okay, kids, here's how we say this curse word. Uh, we, we did not do that. So, Paul, I hope everything's well. Yeah, don't kick kick him under the table for yeah. me, and just, but catch him by surprise. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dad. Me. I've got Dad's right. permission. You guys have a great day. All right, Dad. See you, see you man. All right. See you. Be good. Mm-hmm. All right. There's that. There's that, that. Yeah, well, it's funny. I did learn my cuss words for him, whether he wants to admit it or not. That's what he used to do. In his playing days, he could throw out some cuss words, oh. right? And, and yeah. days since. Yeah, and days since. He tries to watch it now, and now my kids call him out because he'll be like, no, 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 go cussing. Oh, Christopher, watch your mouth. The and one, then a few minutes later, he'll say a cuss word. The one I, weekend I, I went there yeah. to, to like watch football with him in the last right. few years, right, right away he's like, I, I'm really working on, on my swearing, Paul. I'm, right. really, I'm really working on it, so I, I just won't say that a lot. By the end of the weekend, it was most sentences. Yeah, of course it is. Once he gets around some football people and that kind of life, he can't help it. One thing I want to go back to with the Dallas game, just a little nuance that, like, I know Dad wasn't going to be able to, like, kind of hear, but and you talked about, like, the Ezekiel Elliott route and Mm -hmm. all that. My only thing I will say about the route, and it's not a horrible route. this is the fourth down play. The fourth down play where he's going to run, again, the little five-yard out route to get the first down. My only thing is, is I would say this, and I'm going to show you the end zone copy just so you can look at it a little bit to see where Kendricks is, right? So here's Kendricks right here on the edge. Oh, he's you lined can, up a, a half a yard to a yard inside. Right, exactly yes. right. My only thing is, and this is something where I learned in New England and any uh, really good offensive coaches I've ever been around, they would teach the guy here when he's playing off inside like that, okay, you got to attack the leverage, right? So, you know, and I almost, I, I almost want to stand up one more time. Okay, you ready? And I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you guard sure. me this yeah, time. Yeah. I want you to stand up with me. So, so I'm Kendricks. You're Kendricks. Okay. Right. And we're going this way, right? And so you're I'm that, about this far. You're about inside. right that way, right? Yeah. Zeke kind of runs like this, and never really put. And so now, now if he runs wide as him. You can kind of like, okay, he's obviously not going inside, so you can get ready to break. He made it easy for him to get underneath that outbreak. Exactly right. Yeah. And all I'm saying is, if it, like New England, Kyle Shanahan, they would have told Zeke Elliott, push towards the guy. Right. Like, push you to make you backpedal exactly. and go inside even more. Mm-hmm. So then now, bam, and, you and, and you break out. And you're on your heels because yep. you can't, you're like, oh, gosh, he's pushing. Is he trying to go inside? I had that written down in my notes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up there. Right. Most running backs, and there are a few that are special. Yes. Most running backs, I don't like the outbreaking routes because then you're turning him into a wide receiver. And they're not. And most of those guys just are not. They're not receivers. They're like okay at catching the ball. Yes. And if you have him with a, an outside lean and break inside, sure, they can catch it. And right. they're fast and quick and all that. Right. But when, when you're talking about breaking outside and creating leverage and getting open, now you're expecting him to be a wide receiver, and most of those guys are going to let you down. Exactly right. You're right. There's a very short short list of guys. Right. McCaffrey would do it the right way, 
right? There's not James many. James White in New England. Yeah. Um, you know, it is. You're right. It's a very short list. Just off the top of my head, those are the two that I think of, and more than anybody, that would really run it like a wide receiver. Right. Uh, the rest of the guys, to, your, to what you're saying, they're running backs, and they're running backs for a reason. For a they're reason. not going to get into the nuance of route running all the time. Right. And I think that kind of came back to bite them in the butt and a little bit on that Eric play. Eric Kendricks, by the way, with th those last three plays, yeah. I mean, that should be on a real showing these guys at the combine. This is what you're going to have to do. Yeah. He came in the backfield and made a great tackle yes. on, on Zeke's first run there. Yep, on the second down. Right. And then not only did he play that little five-yard out route well, it was so smart for him to line up as you showed, not just over the, you know, not over the top. Right. He took his coaching, lined up a yard to half a yard inside. Yeah. It was just perfect. Yes, it was. It was perfect. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, you know, to what Dad said, yeah, they got burned with some yards, but they made them a passing team to where – it takes one thing off your list a while as on the defense where you can just go, okay, yeah, okay, we got them in like Dad is saying, third and eight or whatever. We know they're going to pass. Now we can play some little crazy defense right. if they decide to run on first and second down to where Which, now we can yeah. get it off the field and, and, and make a stop. And, and when they chose to run on second and two and third and two, I, just to, I have no problem with them running yeah. if they thought that was what was going to move the chains right. and have them score. But yeah. if part of their thinking was we don't want to score just yet, that, that's where I was throwing the flag and saying that that's an idiotic way of thinking. It's and a, I don't know that they were. Yeah, I, I, I don't just, know either. You don't get to do that against a good defense. I'm guessing that's what they were doing, but you're right. I don't know either. So let's go on to the next one. We didn't mean to do what the fuck happened with Dad over the phone there, but that was good. Yeah, it was good. We just yeah. we just went with it, and I don't know if he we had made any, his commute better. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it goes by a little quicker. Yeah. All right. All right. Seahawks game of the year. 49ers. Wasn't that fun to watch? Man. A blast. Seahawks 27, 49ers 24. Yep. I want to start out with this one by asking you, since it was such an equal game, yep. I mean, both teams are heavyweights. Yes. It was great hitting on both sides. Great hitting. Defense got the better of the offense. Yep. Both matchups. Yep. Both defenses scored. Both quarterbacks were okay. Yes. What was the difference to you? Number 90, Jadeveon Clowney. That's where I'd have to start. If you told me, like, what is the one thing you can pin – on it's, the wall and say, this is why this team won. You have, you have Clowney? Clowney. I had two things. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go yeah, with Clowney. Yeah, no, go ahead. Let's, Number yeah. one, yeah. 49er wide receiver drop. Sure, that was a huge part of the game. There's no doubt about it. And number two, it's obvious, but Russell Wilson's creativity and escapability. Definitely. Didn't dominate the game. Yes. For the most part. But in some big San moments. San Francisco got the better of him that way. Right. But in a couple of really big moments. Right. He that, had it and Grafflow didn't. That's where he's just a, he's a bastard. In the fourth quarter, there's only so many times you can rush the quarterback. And when you right. rush a guy like him, when he gets you down late in the fourth quarter and you get into overtime, I don't care what kind of shape you're in. When you're going, man, I've had to chase this guy all game long, and yeah. now here we are again, I'm still going. You're just not going to have the same pep you're in your step. Talking about that, that very the, the last run at plus the 21 yeah, or plus 22. Right. That, yes. Yeah. He just, and, and even on the first drive of overtime when he escaped the pocket on the yes. third and 17 and made the great throw. Yeah. You know, the 49er players at that point are like, damn, we've been, you know, this guy is, is exhausting. I don't, I don't got much in the tank anymore to chase him around and do this anymore. Right. You know, and again, the 49ers defense played phenomenal. If you're watching us right now on YouTube. Played really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had 227 yards of total offense in regulation. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 stellar. Yeah. That's like best defenses in the history of the sport type of stuff right there. Did awesome, yeah. But they wore out in the fourth quarter, and, of course, like you're saying, the Russell Wilson magic took over. And I, I, I 
I'm forgetting the name of the tight end, but yeah. the touchdown pass that Hollister. Wilson had. Okay. Jacob Hollister. That was a phenomenal play. And I don't it, think he was throwing to him. Oh, you don't? I think he was throwing to Tyler Lockett. I think okay. he got a little Aaron Rodgers <laughs> Sunday night Kansas City magic there. Yeah. Where Lockett was kind of breaking that way. And I, I almost want to pull up the play for you here, but but either way, I'm pretty sure he was throwing to Lockett. Yeah. And Hollister ended up being huh. there to make the, the play anyways. I was, I, I was giving him the credit. It for still it. was an amazing play. And and it, either way, it doesn't take away from Rodgers' play either. It's like they put it in the they put the ball in both both type of throws in a spot where their guy can get it and really nobody mm-hmm. else can. But you, and that's the point. I want to get you back to how you originally answered my question, and I kind of cut you off by answering it myself. No, you're good. You thought Clowney was the difference in the game. I mean, the the Seahawks never had a drive the whole game. They never had one drive. I mean, just think about their scoring drives. It's Clowney fumble return. It's a three-play, 16-yard drive for a touchdown. It's a four-play, 24-yard drive for a touchdown. And then, then an over, you know, at the end of the game, they had an 11-play, 47-yard drive to kick a field goal to go up 24-21 late. And then you had the drives in overtime. Yeah. But Clowney, it was the best game I've seen any defensive player play in the whole NFL the whole season. It was an absolute dominant performance. He killed them. Because he was, and let, let, let's connect listening yeah. to dad. Right. And speaking in PG-13, he was doing what? He was effing the play up. He was mucking up the play. He was mucking up the play. Yes, I still forgot it, yes. <laughs> Come on. Was, that was three minutes ago. I man. know, I, I've already erased him out of my mind. He's my dad, you know, dads go in one ear out the other. That's what they're there for. Were they double teaming him? No, they were not. Now. Did he catch McGlinchey and Joe Staley on nights where, yeah, they just got back into football, and that's not the guy you want to see yeah. across from you when you're going, oh, I need to kind of get used to, like, live football here. You don't want to see those angry bastards on a, on a Monday night game. And, you know, two, they're going into the game knowing they're going to be the difference. Like, they know that defensive line, like any great defensive line, but especially in this, this matchup, you know, I'm sure all week Pete Carroll and Ken Norton Jr. are going, you guys got to win the game for us. You guys got to win the game. You guys got to stop the run. It's got to be you. So, you know, they're revved up, but it was off the charts good. And the stats will never tell everybody else's sacks, other tackles on run plays. They're all made because Jadeveon Clowney is killing people and affecting the play and mucking it up. All right? Yes. There you go. I'm Points. coachable. Ding, ding, ding. And, yeah. and it really – was, to me, the biggest difference in the game more than anything. Now, to you, to what you said, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play that bad. He really didn't. Right? Yeah. He didn't. What's, what's clouding people's minds is he did a lot of good things, but, you know, should have thrown two interceptions on the last drive in regulation, right? Yes. Yep. You know, yep. so that's going to hurt people. Then, over time, he misses Pettis on the ball over the middle. That could have put them in a favorable second down position. And then he missed Debo Samuel on the go route on his on the 49ers last offensive play of the game, where he's got him. Yeah. He's got him. Are you, you doubting that? No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, a so like if, if you're grading a throw, that's an A to an A plus throw. Right. It's not like he, he if you It wasn't throw, like an easy It's slam not like dunk. an easy no. or even even like a a, a B plus throw. No. You're looking for the A to A plus, which yes. you ought to be able to do. Yep, that's and, right. And didn't do it. That's, that's all I'm saying. You know, like Debo Samuel had the guy beat. He had a good two or three steps on yeah. him. He underthrew it. It allowed Griffin to come back and make the play. What do you think of this narrative? Yeah. Because people were, were watching watching him saying, yes. hey, they're undefeated. And we kind of talked about this, too. They're undefeated for a lot of reasons besides the quarterback playing great. Yeah, right. So here's this giant moment, and it turns out to be a close game. And the people who don't want to believe in, in Jimmy Garoppolo are going to say, see – 
Told you. Right. Decent player, but in a big moment, he was he was okay. Yeah. What do you think of that narrative? I'm, I'm going to say that narrative is not true yet. Okay. Now, do I have questions about, like, is it true yet that he can carry the team and just put him on his back in a big moment? Hey, no. He didn't answer that either. But he didn't answer, oh, he's crap and he can't get it done. To me, again, he played a defensive front that got the best of the 49ers offense. He was under duress a lot of the game. Right. You know, the first three quarters, he made a number of good throws with people around him and changing his delivery. And I went, damn, okay, that's, yeah. that was good stuff there. And he had some key balls dropped. Key balls. Uh, you know, they're up. They're, you know, they're, what, what is it, 14 to 10? Am I right with that one? It's 14 to 10. And no, I'm wrong. It's not. It's, it is still 10 to 7, right? It's 10 to 7. And they're kind of around midfield. He throws an out route to Bourne. Yeah. And it goes through his hands. Right. And Quandry Diggs intercepts it. That wasn't his fault. Exactly. So that leads to a touchdown. Now they're losing 14 to 10 a few plays later. Now, after that, next drive comes. There's a, a strip sack by Jadeveon Clowney. Leaves the short field for the Seattle Seahawks again. They score a touchdown. Now it's 21 to 10. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we need to hit the panic button on Jimmy Garoppolo or any of that. He did a lot of good. Yeah. Could he have done better? Yes. But he is not the reason they lost the game. If, they wanna, if we want to blame anybody for why they lost the game, it's because um, their offensive line got whooped by Seattle's D-line. Mm -hmm. It's the, uh, the only time this year they've lost a battle really up front. And, and if Seattle can play like that, that puts them in a different stratosphere in general for the whole NFL outlook. Like right now, I would have put Seattle in, or before that game, I would have put Seattle in the definite playoff team. I don't think they can get to the Super Bowl. It changed your mind? That, if they, if they can start to show me they can consistently do some of that stuff, Jerron mm -hmm. Reed and Clowney can kick ass like that, yeah. then that'll change my mind because it'll hide some of the deficiencies they have right. at, at, in the secondary. Yeah. And Quandry Diggs nice. was a great trade by them. Yeah. It was great. Defense he, is leading the way for, for you feeling that way. Definitely, yes, because the offense and Russell Wilson, I know they're going to kind of get it done more weeks than not. I, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Know? And I had the same yeah. kind of confidence in them. But the offense in, in having a day that wasn't that great, no. we just show the stats. Right. But there's something about against a good team when you have key mistakes and turnovers and you're just not getting it done most of the time yeah. that you find a way to be poised and confident and make those plays when you have to. Uh -huh. Like a pitcher who right away is like, you know what, I'm going to give up five or six runs. I'm not going to have a lot of strikeouts. I don't have my stuff. Right. But in the eighth and the ninth, if they ever left them in that long, yeah. He finds a way. Or it's like the guy that gives up two me. or three runs that you're saying in like the first two innings, but then yeah. battles back to a stalemate, right? And like yeah. all of a sudden now be there. Okay, I was I started off slow, but it, I'll figure out some right. way to kind of get it done. Yes, I know the numbers aren't that good. Right. I know if we sat down and watched film uh, with Russell Wilson, there would be a lot more bad than good. Sure. With the way he graded it. Sure. But to, to come out of a game like that against that defense in yes. those moments to find a way to do it, there's something about it that's just uh, not over the top impressive, but it's like. Tip of the cap to you guys. Definitely. I mean, they're the ultimate battlers, c competitors. That's just Pete Carroll. That's what they do. They're, you know, balls to the wall all the time. That's how they play. They never back down from a, mm -hmm. a, a fist fight. They're always like, oh, you want to you get in a bully fist fight right. down in the alley? Sure. Let's go do it. You I, know? I, I have one Jim yeah. Garoppolo note. Right. In my notes here, I circled it. I put star by it. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Uh, and it's not rhetorical. It's yep. a legitimate question. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo reaction to the rush. It, it, is he flinching and looking down a little? No, he's not. I don't think he is. I think you didn't see that at all. I don't. I did not. You know. Okay. I. You know. Honestly, 
I would almost go the other way. Like with the two strip sacks, he was like unaware that the people were around him because he's so mm. focused on downfield. He's not even looking at him. And I, the one with Jadavion Clowney, I want to go, he's right in your face. Mm -hmm. But he didn't see him because he's so focused on downfield. Yeah. He's not a great scrambler, but he is very good at kind of moving and manipulating himself within the pocket. And, no, I don't get the sense that he is a rush watcher. There was, there was a, a stretch, not for the whole game. Yeah. And to his credit, not when the game mattered the most. Right. But there was a stretch there, second and third quarter, where I'm like, is he? And I stopped him. I'm like, is he? What's he doing? Yeah. Like, he gets to the top of his drop. Nobody was there. And there was just a, a, a little well, bit of Well, he's kind a, of like a twitchy guy to where he, like, he starts to, like, get ready to throw, and he doesn't throw. And he, and he kind right. of does that. Right. So it does look jumpy. Yeah. But that's kind of the way he plays, at least to me. And I, you know, you know, I, I watch the 49ers every week. I, I can't say that I see that. I'll I, watch it. That, I mean, yeah. I, I will watch it that yeah. way with that in mind. Yeah, I think he's pretty damn good as far as staying focused down the field. He takes shots. He's not afraid to throw the ball with people around. Not question him. his toughness. Yeah, at no, all. I know, I yeah. know. Yeah, there's a lot of great quarterbacks that still look down at the rush from time to time. I know right. that's a real thing. Right. Um, other thing is, I just want to answer this because I know, like, you know, people were going, well, they contained Russell Wilson from running like the whole night except for all of a sudden at the end of the game and mm -hmm. some of those plays. Well, one, they're exhausted. You know, two, especially on the last drive where he had the last big run to set up the field goal, that blitz had been fooling the Seahawks the whole night. They brought six. They kept kind of sliding the wrong way. That's right. And they weren't picking people up. And they were collapsing it on them. The night was all about any passing situation the 49ers were going to rush five to try to take away lanes from Russell Wilson, you know, and they did a great job. They rushed six on that. On that, on that yes, the last. Yeah. And there was a few times they rushed six two on third downs and obvious passing situations where, yeah, they didn't. They had six blockers and then couldn't figure out how to sort it out and who to block. And they messed up and somebody ran free. So they did. The 49ers did a great job of doing that all night. But what happened really at the end there was the Seahawks said, OK, we, how many times are we going to get in third down and they're going to send this blitz? They finally blocked it up the right way. They really kept seven guys in the block mm -hmm. to block six guys. And there was nobody there kind of for that extra gap between the tight end and the tackle. And Eric Armstead kind of made an inside move, and there just was a seam, and he saw it, and he ran away with it. And that really was it for, for the most of the night. Kawan Williams, number 24, the nickel slot okay. for the San Francisco 49ers, played a phenomenal game. I mean, he had two forced fumbles. He really did great. And when they sent him on a lot of these blitzes or off the edge, that was the one, those were the blitzes that fooled Seattle, uh, and they did a good job. But, of course, they adjusted there in overtime, and Russell Wilson made the big play. Awesome game, game yeah, of the great. year. I still think the 49ers are the better team. I do. I think if they don't drop some of those footballs yeah. – I, so let me just say this. I got to see Seattle do what they did with their defensive line a few more weeks before I start to say, that's the Seattle Seahawks. Is that a one-game thing? Yeah. Or is that going to be the Denver Broncos 2015 where you go, damn, it's week seven. Every week they score a defensive touchdown yeah. and sack fumbles and interception pick sixes. Right. You know, at first you go, it's lucky. But then when you start to go, like, they're 10-2 and two and they're doing it every week, you start to go, man, they're fucking good. Right. Right? And I just don't know about that about Seattle. I want to see. Can this, can this just explode into something else? Okay. Yep. Your antenna is up. You liked what you saw, but you need to see more. Yeah, just yeah. want to see a little bit more. Let's and, then, man, I just, that got me so excited with Jadavion Clowney. That was amazing.
All right, so we're going to go to – Let's uh, run through th three, yeah. three games. Let's do it real three quick. Plays pretty quickly. Yep. Raiders 26, Chargers 24. Yep. Specifically Josh Jacobs' game-winning touchdown. Yep. Uh, interesting that he had not been in. Right. Or he was not in on the previous eight plays. Right, and I can I, – I, I he was on the first play of the drive, and then after that he was off. And really, I, I, listen, I know why he was not in. He's just not trusted yet by John Gruden. I've been around John Gruden. In pass protection? Pass protection, the halfback option routes. Mm -hmm. Like, Gruden's just not going to let him do that yet. You know, I, I played with Cadillac Williams in 2005. I think he was Offensive Rookie of the yeah. Year in the NFL. And when it was third down, he came out. We put Michael Pittman in because Gruden wasn't going to let him mess up a pass protection or reading the coverage and running the wrong route. He just, he's just not going to do that. It's a staple of his offense, and Jalen Richard is very good at it. Right. So that's why he was in in those situations. Then they got down there close, and they got into a running situation, and that changed. Yeah. And then they said, let's put our, let's put our boss hog back in there. Right. And he, I mean, he accelerated through the hole. Right. With a little bit of a next level of acceleration. I mean, it was, it's, it's fun to watch. It is. It but is. the stars of that play were yeah. center. And the fullback. No doubt. Terrific. No doubt. Rodney Hudson really was the star of the play because he knocks Brandon Meebane. They're a double team between him and Richie Incognito. Yep. So he's got to make sure he's trying to knock him really hard so Incognito can take it over now, who can be head up with Brandon Meebane. But now Hudson's got to get to the second level and block a linebacker. He did. And he did. Right. He yeah. exactly right. And the fullback did a great job of taking on, I think, was that Drew Tranquil there? It might have been the was other linebacker. Okay. Either way. And to what you're saying, Josh Jacobs, his acceleration and power in those first five to ten yards is as good as anybody in football. What do you think the safety got told in meetings the next day? I mean, as a defensive back coach, because he was the only one who had a chance. Yes. After Jacobs had about ten yards, do you think he's like, you got to make that tackle, man. Well, I mean, yes, they're, they're telling them that, but that's what goes back to, like, the Travis Federicks things. Where I'm going to go, you know, just, I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Really where they got them there more than anything to me is the alignment and the motion. They ran a formation, what we would call green left what was west. The motion again? It was green left west, okay, which is I formation, two tight ends to the left, and the outside tight end motioned all over to the side to basically be a slot receiver. Okay. So they got the backers to be really kicked over to the two tight end did side. Did somebody go with them in the motion? And no, they did not. It just played a they kind of played a zone, they played a zone coverage. Now, but the real problem is since the backers are kicked over so strong, now you're kind of asking a safety and a corner to be run responsible for yep. the gap. And that's where Gruden's play design and study through the week, he probably looked at that and said, "Ooh, if we can block this right with Rodney Hudson in the fullback, we're going to have to make one of their corners or their safeties tackle our stud first rounder. Running as fast Run as it, Exactly yeah. right. And, yeah. that's, and, and, of course, they didn't win that battle. All right. Dolphins, Colts, one play we want to talk about here. Eric Ebron. We're, we're not doing that one, remember? I forgot. I didn't, I didn't watch that one. Yep. Yeah. I can't watch it all. Sorry. <laughs> can't do it all. <laughs> to be honest, it's yeah. a good one to skip. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, yes. They didn't – I can tell you this. He ran past the sticks. Yeah. And – as a receiver, you run back to the ball when you see it in the air. Yeah. And this is one of those situations you got to be careful about not coming back to the ball too aggressively because all of a sudden you're a yard short or two right. yards short on the completion. All right, Jets-Giants. Jets win by seven. Saquon Barkley kind of touched on a little bit on Monday, but I, I still have the question, how is it possible yeah. to have 13 carries for mm -hmm. one yard when you're yeah. that good? I know. It's, uh, I, it, it, I wish we could sit down and watch all 13 carries because you go, okay, I get it. Did you peek at it? it was a, yeah, it was a clusterfuck. Up I front. Mean, they got – it was horrible. 
It was absolutely horrible. Now, I didn't realize, and again, I wasn't tuned into Jets-Giants on Sunday like this is the game of the week. As much as I love the Giants and I want them to whoop the Jets' ass, I wasn't like... It was the least meaningful game of the week. Exactly right. Exactly right. One so, win team against two wins. So teams. when I turned on the film, I went, oh, damn, Mike Remmers isn't playing. They're starting right tackle. Oh, damn, Jalapio, their starting center's not in. And then Nate Solder got hurt during the game, too, as their left, left tackle. When they're healthy, they're not a great run-blocking right. offensive line right now. And the Jets just whooped them up front. There's no other way to say it. I mean, pass, pass game and run game. And there was... I mean, I, I, I can't look at one run he had where I went, oh, there was a hole there. He missed it. No, there was not. It was get the ball and like, shit, where do I go? There's nowhere to go. Now, the one thing I will say maybe about Saquon Barkley is I do wish that sometimes when there is no hole, he would Ezekiel Elliott just sledgehammer it down in there, yeah. right? Instead of, so, instead of being maybe second and ten, it's second and eight or seven, which can be a big help to an right. offense. That would be the only complaint. But, you know, of course, he's got tremendous ability, and when he gets in those situations sometimes, he breaks down and goes, man, there's nothing here. Let me see if I can squeak through somewhere, and then, oh, bam, I get tackled because somebody else didn't block, and now yeah. I'm down for a minus one gain or a no gain. Uh, so but, the Giants but, suck up front, or they sucked that game. Yes. Did the Jets do anything different? No, like guys like Nathan Shepard just kicked butt. Uh, you know, the Jets just – they crowded the line of scrimmage. You know, nothing different. Look, Greg Williams did a lot of what he always does. Jamal Adams on a few blitzes here and there, a few little creative blitzes. But I didn't look at the game and went, oh, man, yeah, I get why the Giants struggled. They threw yeah. some curveballs at them. No, the Giants, again, just don't have a great offensive line. And then when they're hurt, it's, of course, a lot worse. And uh, still like that I saw from Daniel Jones, though. I do. Yeah? I mean, yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones is – Would you like best? I mean, he just – He's just one of the most pure throwers in football. He really is. And I'm just going to be interested to see where this whole Giants thing goes here down the stretch. Hmm. I, you know, I, I just you don't know. Go up or down? I mean, I think it's going to go. I don't, I don't think it can go up. Yeah. And I just don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is Pat Shermer in trouble? Are the Maras the type of family that would make that kind of switch? Adam Gase I mean, is not. I, yeah, Adam Gase got the vote of confidence. I just don't know where this Giants situation is going to go. And if they were to make a change, mm -hmm. I think teams are going to clamor to come to New York because they're going to see Daniel Jones. And if like a if a coach be, yeah. if a coach studies the Giants, they're going to go, damn. Okay, the Giants have their franchise quarterback. I wouldn't mm -hmm. mind going there, even though there is a lot of things on the roster that need some help. This week, when you say Daniel Jones, I yeah. can't help but my mind going back to, to last weekend, calling the Notre Dame at Duke game, yeah. and watching that Duke offense in right. that environment, thinking. Right. The New York Giants first-round quarterback came from this. Yeah, right. From this system, from right. this environment. It just, it, it's it, amazing. It doesn't correlate. It, it doesn't. It's incredible that he is where he is, playing as well as he is. Yes. Thinking about where he was last year. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And it's, you're right, he didn't have a whole lot of help. But I think, you know, self-evaluating myself, that's probably where I messed up a little bit too. I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt of lack of talent around him or lack of speed at receiver mm -hmm. to make the fair evaluation of him. To where I went, man, a lot of like dink and dunk type of passes. But yeah, the more you watch Duke, you go, well, of course they had to go dink and dunk. They don't got a guy on the team that runs faster than 4 7. Right. I mean, Ian Book, like the fastest guy, they couldn't run down Ian Book. I know. So, you know only when he was tired. Yeah, only when he was tired, right. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to do, we'll do it live? I, th I think, uh... do it, yeah. We'll do it okay. live. Yeah. All right. You so got somewhere to go? You got a hot date tonight? What you do? I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> Got a hot date, huh? Your wife say you, no, no. you just write. 
No, I don't. I was, no. I got him flustered now. Look, he doesn't even know what to do. I like that. What was that sound bite there? We'll do it live. Let me hear that again. We'll do it live. Fuck it. (laughs) Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Play it again. I got it. Now. I just want to hear it again. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Bill O'Reilly. Do it live. It I is. I'll write yeah, it and we'll do. do it live. I don't ever want Bill O'Reilly in my podcast again, okay? Right. Just yeah. stating that right now. All right? That's the end of that. I don't want to hear that. It is very funny. It's outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I have seen that clip before. Okay. All so right. as it relates to, to, to what we're doing here, yep. uh, we're going to pick one play okay. okay, that you have not seen. Yep. We're going to do it live. Yep. You're, I are going to see it for the first time live. Okay. And it's Baltimore's offense. Correct. Okay, good. Do you have a guess? I thought it was a spin move play with Jam- I mean uh, Lamar Jackson. I was just guessing. No, no, no. that's that, that's low hanging fruit. Okay, man. it's too easy. Okay, good. I All like right. this. Second guess? No. Heisman backfield. Oh, that's the play we want to go to. Yeah. Okay. Do we know? Do we have the time code there as far as when Pete? that is? Pete. I hope. I mean, you know, would you guys think I was just going to be able to pull up the play? Like, oh yeah, the Heisman backfield play. Oh no problem. It's uh, play 47 in the third quarter. Like, I haven't watched this game on film, you nitwits. Okay? <laughs> Look, they weren't prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it live, all right. They're getting the whole feel for luck, and we'll do it live. We'll do it live. And you know what? I already f- – nope, I didn't find it. Second, Second quarter, quarter. 11.50. Yeah. Okay, I think yeah. I'm close here. Let me just see. Uh, Lamar second. Jackson, RG3, Yep. Mark Ingram all in the back. Oh, I was right on it. This you got great. it? I got it. Okay. Here we go. All right. So, again, need, remember, radio play-by-play. Yes. Radio play-by-play. Play. Yeah, what, what are you seeing? Okay. So, Lamar Jackson and shotgun, and we got tight end to the left, and then a tight end to the right who's basically a slot receiver with another receiver. So, you got tight end to the left, slot receivers to the right, Lamar Jackson in the shotgun, RG3 to his left, and Mark Ingram to his right, which is absolutely amazing that they have three Heisman right. players. In I mean, I didn't even think about it until, yeah. like, I heard it on Sunday. I mean, ever in the history has there ever been three Heismans on the same team? In the same backfield? Yeah, definitely on the right. same backfield. But even on the same team, I can't imagine that's ever been happened either. Okay, so shotgun snap. Shotgun snap, and it's read option. It's it's fake, fake, uh, what the Crap that I just do. I just clicked on something here. Hold oh on. My yeah. Goodness. Gosh oh my darn gosh. it. I'm choking no, under the pressure. Fuck it. We're doing it live. This is what happens. Okay. <laughs> here we go. I got back to it. So he's going to fake the little inside zone to Mark Ingram, Ingram yep. who's the running back on his right. Now coming downhill. Lamar Jackson rides him. And I mean, right away. Did you hit fast forward there? No, right? Doesn't it look oh like a, the gosh. rocket up his ass is real? That's incredible. It is. And he sees the defense end. Well, this is probably one where he keeps it no matter what. But either way, the weak side defense end collapses down on Mark Ingram. And Lamar Jackson's out on the edge before you can yes. say boo. I mean, holy cow, is he out there. Yep. And he's attacking uh, what I think that's Darquez Denard, who's like eight yards down the field attacks right at him and as he gets close to him he falls away fades down and pitches it out to rg3 He's running the option now this is not going to be put on any kind of option teaching reel because you're supposed to have like a two to three yard relationship yes with pitch back you're right He's like nine yards behind him. RG3 can't keep up with him. He is. And RG3 can run, of course, but he can't run like Lamar Jackson can, or at least doesn't have the acceleration. But damn, uh, RG3 looks good. That was an eight-yard pitch. It was. It was at least an eight-yard pitch. Uh, But, 
Another wrinkle to think about. What do you think? Gimmick? Uh, just something to, hey, this is cool, let's do it once, or something that you have in your repertoire? They're going to have this in their repertoire the whole year. I bet you this is going to become almost like a Taysom Hill, New Orleans Saints type of thing where three or four times a game they're going to break it out, maybe two or three, yep. and I would think – in the history of Greg Roman and John Harbaugh being a smart guy, they're going to have two or more three, two, three more plays to throw at you. It's only a matter of time before he does that and probably stays behind the line of scrimmage and pitches to RG3, who throw, throws the ball. Yeah. You know, things like that. Or, you know, he gets the ball and who knows, maybe just tosses it behind him and now RG3's behind him and he catches it and maybe rolls out and throws right. it and maybe throws it back to Lamar. There's probably, there's a lot of different things, double passes, there's a lot of things they can do with this set. So, yeah, it's one more fuck you formation from the Baltimore Ravens. One more thing a defense has to think exactly about. Exactly right. For, now yeah. they're going to have to go, oh, gosh, we got to get ready for this package and maybe some of the crazy crap that they can do off of it. We did it live. We did it live. Yeah. yeah, bam. Nobody yelled. We got through it. Yeah. Uh, thanks to my dad for doing it on the cell phone. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review. Uh, I, I'm sick of saying, like, leave comments because we haven't done an Ask Me of Anything. I feel like a fraud. We haven't done it in so long. But you we, check the comments? Um, occasionally. Yeah. When I'm like, no, I'm not going to fume and go crazy. <laughs> okay? But I do have moments, especially when I get to the weekends. I catch up then. Yeah. That's usually when I start to go through it. When it's safe? Yeah. And then the, When you relax? Sometimes I can't. Yeah. Help myself. No, I, I went on a, a, a tweeting spree on Thursday night last oh, you did? week. Yeah, I couldn't help it. I read some comments that I was like. How, how, did, how did it work out? Uh, you know, I just sent them out and said, screw you. I'm not looking for the responses. I just gave the response I wanted. Okay? <laughs> made you feel better. <laughs> yeah, it made me feel better. Got Good some, for you. Got some heat off my chest. Thanks, Paulie. You the man. Good to see you. Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Peace out, everybody. Thursday's Pick Podcast. Me and Florio. Chris Sims Unbuttoned. PFT. PM. Peace. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.